Hello everybody, welcome to the 30th episode of the On The Line Tennis Podcast, the big 3-0. It's myself, Jack, and my co-host. And the regular co-host, Gavin. Thankfully I'm back co-hosting this week. I'm not hosting because um, the main hosting duties last week, I think, were... That was the pinnacle of my uh, hosting abilities, I think. It's not your first on last again, it was good. But yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm back to hosting this week. You'll be back at some point. Everybody loved it. We got Raven the Jews. Well, <laughs> don't know about that, but... Um... <laughs> Well, put it yeah, this way, I didn't, I didn't get negative reviews, Gav. I just didn't get any reviews. So That's fine. I mean, so, so <laughs> yeah, it was like the, um, the role of the umpire, wasn't it? So, like, boring that, like... Exactly. ...got anything about it, so it's all right. Exactly. Plenty to get through this week, guys. Mm-hmm. We have got Rotterdam, we've got Dallas, we've got Buenos Aires, St. Petersburg, so four tournaments in all. Start with Rotterdam. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. First so, thing. Well, I was going to say, first thing, very good tournament. Uh, first 500 of the year. I uh, had the pleasure to cover it for Last Word in Sports. That's not me giving myself a wee plug there. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, very good tournament. First ATP 500 of the year. It was interesting. I think they said in commentary they were going to try and sort of speed the court surface up this year, but it didn't really appear that they'd succeeded in that. It was very, very slow conditions. did hear Chapo saying that he, he was uh, he was a bit miffed at the fact that every ball was like yeah, a different Yeah, it was bounce. like granules on the court surface, apparently, that was sort of making it difficult yeah. to move. So, yeah. But interesting week of tennis, nevertheless. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it in more depth, but um, good to see Felix win his first title. Yeah, 100%. We'll, get, we'll definitely talk about that a bit more, about, oh my God, yeah, it's such a relief for us. So I can't believe what it would feel like for him, honestly. like I, I can. He's, he talked about it a bit. Again, we'll get into it. We'll start with uh, a funny match at the start of the week, though. Funny f- for for uh, spectators, not so much for Aslan Karatsev, who lost mm. to Italian Greekspur, one of the uh, the home favourites. He obviously yep. Greekspur has been playing some brilliant tennis, but boy, oh boy, I mean, I don't, he didn't choke. Did he choke it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah six, he did. He did. He did. He kind of did. I don't, like, I don't like using the word. Obviously, I shy away from he it. He did but. so because like, I think in one of the match points, he was almost like too cavalier. Like he just went to try and rip a backhand rather than try and build the point. It was almost as if he was just thinking, oh, I'm just going to go for it to get a win quickly here. That's uh, a bit Karatsev though, isn't it? I don't it's know. a wee bit Karatsev. I mean, I guess you could say the way he was hitting the ball at the start of the season, fair you know, fair enough to do that. But like recently he's been making more unforced errors, so I thought he would maybe be a wee bit more composed and wait for my opportunity. But um, 6-2-5-2 up, I mean, that's probably one of the worst chokes of the week. Yeah, yeah like, definitely, definitely the worst loss of the week considering the the lead he had and then in the third set he was also 5-2 up maybe as well 5-3 up he was 5-3 up. up yeah not 5-2 up yeah. either way a break up served for the match twice and, and mm. lost both times one of the few times I've seen Karatsev smash a racket he does do it every now and then but very very shocking tiebreaker he played in the final set like, yeah 7 off. I mean it was one of my tiebreakers absolutely you, you don't see yeah you don't see many bagel tiebreaks and the yeah. racket got the full brunt of the punishment there which was quite funny because usually he's very calm he doesn't say anything it was just like you just hear the noise of the racket smashing to the court everything funny. all at once yeah it's crazy mm. uh, oddly for Greeksburg he's had three top 20 wins now all of them from a set down all of yep. them in Rotterdam yeah, I know. I know. It's yeah. He's a clutch player, to be fair. He's, he's actually he's 3 2 against top 20 players now. Mm, yeah. Positive record. Oh. Moving on from Greeksburg, one of the other early rounds, Andy Murray unfortunately lost to the week's eventual champion, Felix Ogarali Asim. Another week, another finalist slash titleist for Andy to lose to. I did post this on Twitter. Did. Seven yeah. of the last 17 of Andy's tournaments, he's lost to the eventual tournament champion. It wasn't a bad match, I would say that much. 
no, obviously he's, he's Felix has been playing amazingly. So yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with Felix throughout the week, especially in his opening round against Igor Gerasimov, which everyone sort of seems to forget about because he had so many good matches since then. But when he dropped that first set, I just was in, it was interesting to contrast it to Shapovalov because. He remained calm. It was as if like you could see no signs of frustration. Whereas with Shapovalov, he was like obviously losing it about the court surface, you know, chanting his coaching box. Whereas Felix was way more sort of calm. Didn't say anything. It was almost as if you couldn't tell who'd won or lost that first set, you know. So I thought yeah. it was quite interesting to sort of contrast their temperaments, despite the fact Shapovalov is a wee bit older, isn't he? So it's sort of interesting to see how they're both sort of different in that regard. And maybe that's why Felix has won this big title. And you look at Shapovalov, and he's not won a title in what is it two years since. Won, yeah, uh, since Stockholm. Stockholm, yeah. Yeah. 2019, wasn't it? So, so Yeah, I, I mean, in every one of Felix's losses, he's almost like, this is part of the process, total acceptance. He kind of knows mm. what he needs to do to, to get the win the next time. Certainly against Medvedev, he was like that as well. Yeah, talking about Andy as well, sorry, the actual match itself, yes, it was quite good overall, but he did mention his serve. Quote was, he couldn't crack an egg with that service speed. <laughs> so he obviously... He's quite upset, you know, he's looking again for a new coach now, somebody that can give him a new perspective. He said a lot of bad habits he needs to, to get rid of from the last couple of years. Yeah, so, to be fair, I mean, I, I thought that he would sort of struggle this week because with the court stuff as being so slow, I was just struggling to work out how's he going to finish points, you know what I mean, that quick. Yeah. Know, other surfaces, um, or the hard court surfaces. So I'm not really overly surprised, but then there is the positive that he beat Bublik. So it's like, you know, Yes, it was disappointing that match, but you look at the positives of the week, he beat Public just won an ATP two fifteen Montpellier, full of confidence. And um yeah, I thought that was a really good win for him. So it's like maybe I heard someone well, saw someone on Twitter say one step forward, two steps back. I think maybe a bit differently to that. You've got to give Felix credit. He did win the title that week. He has been playing the best tennis of his career. So I think overall a positive week for Andy. Definitely. Yeah, very odd ending to the match as well. He ended up knocking his hat off in match point. They had to replay the point. What was the umpire doing there? Yeah. I know the umpire hadn't. I don't know where he was watching. He doesn't have but to watch the lines, does he? So it's like I suppose that you looked. So you would have looked back to the ball. The hat kind of did mm. fall off after the ball had went to the other side of the court. But fortunately, Felix agreed to replay the point, double faulted, and then he won in the next <laughs> yeah. match point. So just as well, I, I wouldn't have felt very good. Even though I'm supporting Andy, if he'd won that match from there, so I was yeah, happy for him. Very harsh. <laughs> would have been pretty hard. Anyway, yep, yeah, onwards and upwards for Andy. Moving on to the semis, one mm. of the most surprising semi-finalists we've had in a wee while. Jury Lehechka. Yep. They are the Czech, twenty-year-old managed to get to the semi-finals, beating Musetti, Shapovalov, Muti. Who else did he beat? I've got it here. Van de Zanschulp. Van de Zanschulp. Yep. And yeah. he took a set of sets of pass in that semi-final. So, um, yeah. And what I was impressed with with him, it was especially in his match against Musetti, where you know he was he was down in that third set of break, but he continued to play positively. You know, despite the fact that he was making unforced errors, he knew that the way to win would be to be the aggressor, and he continued. And Musetti faltered, to be fair, but um, he took his. You know, he, he continued to stick with his game plan. You know, he didn't change his game plan. He thought, I'm committing to this. I'm a breakdown, but I'm still going to play the same way, try and get in the front foot, try and be the aggressor. And um, it worked for him. No, he's in the top 100 now, so fantastic. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was a, it was an inevitability he'd get there. He's actually the fifth youngest man in the top 100 now, so it gives you an idea of the the pool of talent he has at his disposal. He's got a game that kind of reminds me a bit of Humber, like wee bit, yeah. super big off both wings, mm-hmm. you know, not too erratic, manages big to serve as land well. a lot of those shots. Yeah, big serve. Uh, I think maybe the only thing he's not got going from that Humber does is the leftiness. But mm-hmm. honestly, his but shots I, might yeah, be. But 
His shots can be a bit bigger. Some of the backhands he was pulling off were absolutely mad. His forehands is yeah. class. Really, mm-hmm. really good. Great ball striking ability in general. I certainly think maybe some of the physical improvements he's made over the last two years. I've put him in the top 100 now. You know, he's probably still going to keep going up. Um, yeah, return plus ones as well. Oh my God, really? I don't know if you watched the sits the past match, but some of those yep. serves were coming back with interest and then he'd put the next ball away. That's so hard to do against sits the pass. Yeah, when he was on, he was he was incredibly on. Okay, mm-hmm. only one break of serve during that match. Maybe another place that he would like to improve, just like Humbert. But yeah, again, you know, if if he's feeling it, he's one of those sort of guys that if he if he's on in a way before him, he's very difficult to beat, I think. So 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes from here. You know, a bit of experience maybe for him to gain double fault twice to get the first break of serve in the final mm. set against Sitsipas. So, you know, that's yeah, naturally I mean, that's fine. The Hitchcock's level did drop and Sitsipas was able to take advantage of that. Well, he was yeah. good enough to take advantage of that. But to be fair... That's fine. Nobody's expecting anything more of him. Yeah, he could play with yeah. freedom in that match and he did. You know, he, he didn't just fall to under the nerves. He, he played as if, like, you know what, this is a chance for me. I'm going to... You know, just play the same way I've been playing all week. And um, OK was beaten, but, you know, he stuck to his gun, so fair play to him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him play again. Super aggressive, comes to the net a lot as well. So mm. I want to see him a lot more, definitely. But probably the best young talent in the Czech Republic at the moment, definitely. definitely. Moving on to the big story, I think. Mm. I think now is the time. Felix Ogrelliassian wins his first title. Yes, I've been saying it in the pod for a while that he's going to win it. Don't be concerned with the 0 8 in finals. Some people on Twitter have been overreacting. Oh, he's 0 8 in finals. Oh, it's a disaster. He's never going to win. Post title or pre title? Pre title. Pre title. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he's 0 8 in finals. He can't yeah. crack it, man. Obviously, it'd be 1 8 in finals, but I mean, is that. Yeah, pe- yeah. yeah. but I, I actually had him to win that uh, final. And uh, he played really, really well again. I think there's a problem with a sits pass return. As in, he was even when he was blocking the backhand, he wasn't able to get it deep enough, and Ojalaisin was able to consistently yeah. throw him in the backhand corner. You know, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and, almost uh, my exact analysis as well, Gab. It's I was like, really, really impressed with him because that he must have been feeling more nerves going into that final. You know, it was his ninth final, and uh, you know, people might have been making more and more comments about the fact, oh, you've not won one. You know, it might be playing in his mind a wee bit, but. Um, he kept really calm. He, he played almost with freedom. You know, he was really positive on the front foot with his tactics. Really, really impressed. Oh, we could have been impressed with him, to be fair. I think the guy's temperament's phenomenal. I think it's possibly one of the best temperaments I've seen in the game for a long, long time. Undoubtedly, I was so impressed after he lost that first set to Rublev. Couple yep. of love forty recoveries yeah, from Liv. You think about that. I mean, most players would be absolutely, even club tennis players would be absolutely losing it at that point. And he's just. You couldn't well, tell. You just especially club players. Open there, but yeah, yeah, I'd probably be throwing the racket about. But um, yeah, no, you just couldn't tell that he dropped that first set. It's just he looked so focused. He, it was almost like Borg-like in terms of the temperament. He was another one that didn't show his emotions on the on the court. So it was like he was really, really calm, composed, and he deserved to win it. And you know, fair play to him. Um, I, I hope that he can sort of continue this momentum because I think he is a huge, huge talent. I think he can win a slam in the next couple of years. That's how much yeah. I've written. I'd, I'd like to make a little quick comparison between the two players just from that match. Mm. When Rublev lost his second set, also having had love 40, so a chance to go yep. up and sort of defeat Felix kind of there and then, he was mm. absolutely apoplectic. Like, That's Rublev for you. Yeah, yeah, he kind of knocked out one of the, the, the pixel squares at the back of the court. Yep. With the, 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 how hard he hit the ball against it. Yeah, and that, that's he, a big area where he has to improve, obviously. Yeah, um, the contrast between the two players, though, it's like Felix knew he, hit, he was in with a chance, he just kept yeah. going. I was well, so impressed with him. Even Rublev, like, when he made four mistakes in a row, I don't know if you saw that, he looked at his watch and four mistakes in a row, it's like, calm down. 
you're like setting the break up, you're dominating for Schubert's I know. Yeah. Why are you getting so wild up? But you know, that's the part of his game that he has to improve on, similar to Shapovalov. It's amazing to think that they're both, you know, older than Ojali seem the way they behave, it's like total opposite. You know, you'd think Ojali seems to be a seasoned pro for yeah, I don't know, ten years in the tour, the way he behaves. The way um Owen Lewis put it from Tennis Nation, thanks Owen for this, but yeah. he mentioned that Rublev kind of expects perfection from every yeah. match he plays. Mm. It's obviously perfection isn't attainable in tennis. I think he almost wants it too much. You know what I mean? Like, you can see mm-hmm. that he wants it too much. And when it doesn't work for him, rather than keeping calm, I think he just thinks, why is it not working? Why is it not working? He tries to hit it harder. I know, and I harder. know exactly. Why is plan A not working? Why is why plan, is plan A not working? working? Yeah. Instead of thinking, right, I've got to switch things up and maybe got to try and play with more margin, he's like, I'm just going to try and build it harder. And yeah. that's not how it works, unfortunately. That's not going to give you success on a consistent yeah. basis. Yeah, just one more word on Felix's improvements. I feel like the thing he has improved the most. It might be a serve. I mean, a serve was always really, really good. It's definitely one of his strengths, but it's even better, of course. Yeah, 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 of course. But the double faults have kind of gone primarily, Mm. really. Cleaned up the forehand as well. Yeah, but I mean, against Tsitsipas, I honestly felt like he was serving just as well as Tsitsipas, and then the return, obviously, was far superior. Yeah, Mm. so he was always winning that match, and that's what it Mm. looked like from start to finish there. And the forehand inside in, just as a shot, specifically, Probably the best one on tour at the moment. I do because you, you saw loads of on you know lower court level mm-hmm. views of it, and the, the amount of curve he gets into that that corner know, is just insane. A lot of spin and curve, yeah, no, it's crazy. It's like the, the side the side spin as well, though. Mm. Almost, it's it's just mad. I, I absolutely love it as well. Yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah, so if, yeah. I mean, if he keeps setting himself up with those sort of patterns of play, he'll you know he could of beat course. anybody. Definitely, yeah. he has almost beat Medvedev. You know, at the Australian Open, it's it's yeah. gonna happen soon. Everybody yeah. knows it now. Everybody believes it now after this final. Such a relief for him. I was always a believer. Never yeah, of course. Believer. I'm sure he was as well, but he did mention after the match and he's had plenty of sleepless nights trying to figure out why he's lost some of those finals. Mm. Such a relief for him, he said. You know, well, I mean, massive weight off his shoulders. One of them, so that's an answer right there. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, that's true. Oh. That would leave you sleepless at night. That's a good exactly. point. <laughs> yeah, well done, Felix. Awesome. Um, obviously, the two of us are massive fans, so brilliant, brilliant win for you. Absolutely. If you're listening, um, which you probably sure are. Is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. We'll move on uh, from, from Rotterdam. Yeah, brilliant mm-hmm. tournament. Move on to Dallas. Let's move on to Dallas, yeah, why not? Yeah, start with Pelka v. Isner. Yeah, people saying it's not tennis, that's the general consensus and all the social media platforms of highlights of that match. YouTube, it's not tennis. Twitter, it's not tennis. Facebook, it's not tennis. Instagram, it's not tennis. It is tennis. People forget that even though these guys are six foot eight or whatever, you still have to have good technique to take your serve consistently. And so, I think the que- the question more is, Gav, would you watch it? I I would watch it. I would watch it. 100%. I I I found that tiebreak entertaining. Is the is the what bottom is line because you got to because like you know that one return of serve can make the difference here. So it's exactly. interesting to see who's going to make the adjustment. So from that point of view, it's good to watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. ten set points saved by Apelka. Djokovic, yes. Seven match points saved by Isner before Apelga eventually converted as eighth. Yeah, I don't know. That's and, and does have good ground strokes in the back and back of the court. You know, people forget that he has made a Masters semi final in clay before. So you've got to be able to hit the ball from the back if you're going to have that success in clay. So, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, you can hit the ball from the back of the court. We're jumping between things. Sorry, I was just going to mention in case right. the audience didn't know. They did play the longest tie break in ATP history 24 22. Yeah. yeah, so 46 points in total, absolutely mad. Yeah, um, rally temperament from Apelka has obviously improved like tenfold over the past couple of years, definitely. Yeah. 
he was winning plenty of points. We'll get on to Brooksby in a second, but he was winning plenty of points against Brooksby, for example, one of the you know most stable players on the tour from the back yeah. of the court. He's, he's tough from the back of the court, certainly probably better than Isner at the moment, certainly. I think he can be more successful than Isner or have like a top 10 career if he continues to improve from the back. I mean, if he Definitely maybe 9 like or 10 that, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. He's like big things in the grass in particular. I mean, he'll be a nightmare to play, absolute nightmare to play, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Isner and Apelka have now played 12 consecutive tie breaks <laughs> against one another. It's just insane stats. It's so it funny. Is. Yeah. Apelka did say after the match, Isner's still his favourite player, was his favourite player growing up. Absolutely looks on to him. I, you know, I like that after a, 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 in a post match interview just to see your opponents, yeah. your favourite. It's lovely. Obviously, he's a very respectful guy. He yeah. mentioned he outstarted me here, one of only four at Isner is, sorry. Only one of only four active players to be consistently in the top twenty in the last yep. decade. Yeah, I was Crazy. surprised to, to learn about that. Can you think about your? Well, I guess like Sabrich is retired. To be fair, but um, well, I'm surprised but, to hear Andy wasn't. But obviously, Andy, that makes, yeah, no. it makes more sense. I guess, yeah. Still, yeah. yeah, crazy. It might not have been the last decade actually. Now I'm saying that, but yeah, it can't it be? I think a Pelka might have. No, 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 it could be actually because I think yeah. Federer only dropped to about seventeen. No, Djokovic definitely did drop out of the. He dropped out, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did when he was yeah, injured. So he did. So something Quick is correct there. But yeah, 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 I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pull that stat apart. I'm sure he, I'm sure he saw something somewhere. Maybe it was from like 2008, 2018. I don't know, something like mm-hmm. that. Anyway, Isner is a good player. Much respect to him. Apelka be Brooksby in the final though. That, that was always going to be an interesting one because I, I saw um, the previous match in Antwerp, which was just hilarious. Yeah. But Apelka mm-hmm. didn't work out. It was almost like. Uh, me playing Phil. I know listeners might not know who Phil is. But, uh, <laughs> Phil, similar Phil similar player. Yeah. He, he will understand. I understand to totally sympathise with a Pelka sort of getting frustrated at the back because Brookby makes you play that extra ball. He had anyway. said, yeah, he had said during that match something along the How did you win a game? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was it in their US Open match, which he, he won 6 1 in the first set against Djokovic, just FYI yeah. for people. Yeah, yeah. Fair, like, the way Apelka was serving, I think Brooksby still has to develop his return. So, like, if I knew that if Apelka could serve well, it was going to be very difficult for for Brooksby. Um, but to be fair, still had to back it up, and he did. And um, you know, Brooksby shout out to Brooksby as well. None of two a final. Bloody hell! Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. At this age, it's crazy. At this age, I know he beat Garon, and did you see that Garon semi final? Garon had match points. Four match, four match points. Yeah, yeah. I just mm-hmm. sort of did a. Tennis Sangren, what Tennis Sangren did against Roger Federer, yeah, unforced errors. It was like, mm-hmm. oh man, I quite I like Garon as well because Garon's sort of like the American Diego Schwartzman in terms of yeah, he grinds from the back, and it's like, come yeah. on, Marcus, he just, he's got some good, he's got a good four court game. I've seen him, you know, I've seen him a few times coming in. To be fair, yeah, he's he sort of like, come on, Marcus. Yeah. Like, I was sort of rooting for him. It was just like, oh, it's just not happening, is it? Like, it just didn't happen. But um, no, I mean, shout out to Brooksby. That's phenomenal, isn't it? He's he's not played this year, had he? Is it COVID? Was no, he hadn't. Or? Yeah, no, he hadn't. Yeah, so to make the final of your first two event back on the tour, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. remarkable, wasn't it? For me, yeah, return, I agree. Definitely second serve, though. Definitely a lot to be desired. Mm. Chucking in a few sort of 70 miles, less than 70 mile an hour second serves. It was a bit of an Andy second serve, let's be honest. Yeah, it was a bit yeah. of an Andy second serve, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the same time, Brooksby's serve return could have been a bit better and I don't think it would have made much of a difference the mm-hmm. mood Apelka was in. What, you said 100 and aces? 100 aces. tournament? 
Is that the most event. for a 250? Or? Yes, I think that's the record for a tournament in the ATP Tour. I think. Yeah. Any tournament? I think so. Um, he almost he almost broke the record for aces in a three-set match, but he didn't quite get there. That was Karlovic with 46, I think. It can't um, be oh, an ATP tournament, so not including Grand Slams. Not including Grand Slams. No. Yeah, of course. Because that, that one match from Isner, like, who would have been... The tiebreak against Isner was a record for the ATP Tour, not the overall tiebreak right. in terms of ever. So, like, yeah. The tour, yeah, right, 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 right. the problem when you've got different governing bodies. It's not like the Slams, it's just the Tour. That makes sense, though. Yeah, I mean, that's still yeah. incredibly impressive. 100 aces. I don't think I've even hit one ace in my career. Well, yeah. <laughs> my career, let alone 100. Like, oh. He also only faced one break point the whole week. Yeah. And that was against Brooksby, and obviously saves it. Yeah. Just Incre- incredible stuff. like that, I mean, it takes a very special return of Stockman, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting thought on gamesmanship, just before we move on. Mm-hmm. Brooksby did like to try and put his opponent off with sort of racket taps and sort of waving of his arms when players had easy putaways at the net. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know about that. I'm not a big fan of that, being honest. I think got to respect your opponent. Okay, it's technically legal, isn't it? Because we've yeah. seen, I think Tommy Haas did it at Wimbledon, didn't he, against Federer? It's it more of a laugh. <laughs> that was more of a laugh, to be fair, but... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that, being honest. Just get on with the game. Maybe exactly. Yeah. Racket tap, just get on with it. Yeah, I agree. He still seems, obviously, I still quite like him, but he's very um, competitive. He is. Maybe is, is the nicest word for it, definitely. Like way to... Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah, so, yeah. And also, yeah, I mean, Apelka had plenty of respect for him afterwards, said he's going to be a future top 10 player and stuff, so... Which he can you know, be. He's got but, respect but for you. Seems, yeah, but every American tennis player for the last... He does, yeah, yeah, Taylor Fritz, so. yeah, Jensen Brixby. Tiafo, Corda. Yeah, exactly, yeah, genuinely. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah, closing note on that, there is eight players in the top 50 now, which is... Uh, yeah, so now we can't use the boring tweet that everyone's tweeted for the last 20 years of, oh, US tennis is dead, oh, US Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. I'm just like... <laughs> it's, it's back, but yeah, still only two players in the top 20. Top three, two, I yeah, think. Yeah, but I think to... you've got to remember that the standards the US set in the 90s and the 2000s was just unbelievably high. I know, yeah. Champions, yeah. Agassi, Courier, even Courier gets forgotten about. I was thinking about that the other day. He gets totally forgotten about there, Jim. I know, yeah. Everyone talks about Chang. It's like, Courier won more than Chang. But and the number one. It's like, and number on. one. Yeah. Two-time Australian Open and French Open champion, for those who didn't know. Back-to-back. Give the guy some respect. Yeah, I like Kerry. Ran over. Ran over. Yeah, fair enough. Just right, we'll move, on, we'll move on from Dallas with that, that Curie or not. We'll move on to Buenos Aires. Yeah. Buenos Aires? Aires? Which the ATP, t- well, quick, Tennis TV were streaming a match per week. Every Well, every, a match per day. A match, match per week. <laughs> yeah. No, a match per week. <laughs> But like yeah. a live match every day on YouTube, so it's worth checking that out if you're looking for to watch some tennis. Sometimes tennis TV do that from a tournament, so check it out if you fancy watching some tennis. And you don't yeah, have... good shout. Start with Delpo. Start start with Delpo. Yeah, the obvious one. Oh dear, difficult watch, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was a horrible watch. Yeah, horrible watch. You know, it was almost the, like the... torture, wasn't it? It really was at times. It was. Yeah, it was the hope from the opening game. You know, he broke Del Bonis in the opening game, and everybody thought this is going to happen. Even Barry Mills was getting really excited in the commentary box. I'm like. But Harry, he's got 11 more games to win. Just I know, and then he lost six games in a row. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the inevitable. Uh, yeah, uh, the um, the funniest part of it all, I've kind of jumped notes here, sorry, but I just wanted to mention that because I've not got it written down. Del Bonis's drop shots, what did you oh, think it yeah. was? He said he was getting threats in the crowd, apparently. He said that. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Which, 
I just found it funny that he was playing Del Bonus because I just find Del Bonus funny to watch anyway. I love the guy. Like, people hate me. I don't love him or hate me. He's like, Marmite, I just love the guy. I think he's great to watch. But um, I think the painful thing with Del, that match was you, you could see that Del, Pono can, Del Potro can still strike the ball really well. You know, he, there were still glimpses yeah. of the forehand. Just yeah, he just can't move properly. Yeah, I mean, like Del Potro could probably destroy the ball in a wheelchair. It's just, mm. yeah, he can he couldn't bloody move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just that's the frustrating thing because like the talent's still there. He can still hit the ball really well. It's like, but just the movement. It's like I respect the drop shots. Also, I think that's fine. I think you know, I mean, we're talking about professional sports here. I mean, it's not exactly like Del playing like a summer doubles league match. You know, he's playing professional ATP match. Exactly. Know? It would have been disrespectful if Del Bonis started patting yeah, the ball in for Del Potro. Good week. That was his first time he ever made the semis in twelve attempts at Buenos Aires. Yeah, there so, you go. Like that was a big week for him. So, and he had to yeah. deal with that. Like respect to the guy. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah, been in the quarterfinals. So, yeah, nice respect and. I actually thought it showed respect to Del Potro that he wasn't going to make it easy for him, that he was trying to properly beat him, which he yeah, ended up Yeah, exactly. Doing. That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't think Del Potro would have wanted him just to tap it along, just to try and make it easy for him. So, the ultimate respect, it was almost like showing the ultimate respect to Del Potro, which was good to watch. Definitely, yeah. Thoughts on the crowd in general? Oh, I mean, it's good. Like I think it was 59,000 that turned up the entire week. Brilliant, yeah. Yeah. So that's really good for 250. South American fans are very passionate. They were probably a wee, bit, wee bit over the top with El Bonus at times, I think. But are you ever going to control that crowd? I don't think no, so. No, I don't think so. So I think you just got to embrace it. Holger Ruin complained about it specifically after his yeah. match against Sebastian Baez. I think you just need to deal with it. Casper Rude put on a, a clinic of dealing with the crowd in the final, yeah, which I we'll get on to in a second. Djokovic about crowd you know, disruptions. Yeah, so well, exactly. Any right to complain, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I well, I almost, I almost respect Rude's approach a bit more because uh, Djokovic, yep. Djokovic can get a bit intense. Fine, intensity is fine in it, so, in and yep. of itself. But there is also, you know, yeah, racket smashes, etc. Casper uh, Rude's, yeah, we'll get onto it in a second. I just want yeah. last thing I wanted to say. Delpo's post match interview obviously was super heartbreaking. Said that he's he's in pain when he, he sleeps at night. You know, that's yep. all he wants to do now. Just sort of go to bed and not be in pain now. Live like a normal thirty-two-year-old. That what he said, or thirty-three-year-old, whatever. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He still hasn't completely ruled out tennis, which I think is mad. But yeah, <sighs> I, I just want the guy to be happy now because he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't need to keep playing. No way. On a lighter note, I think it was one funny tweet saying that Del Bonis. That was obviously the first only match of his career that his mum watched. I know, yeah. Funny on Twitter, that it was Del Bonis. That was the opponent. It was like, what's she going to think of the Del Bonis ball toss? You know what I mean? Just, I know, yeah. She, she, she'll have turned up and been like, what the hell is this <laughs> sport my sons have been playing for years and years? So weird. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I've seen more matches than Del Potro's mum. Like, that's that's mad. Like, actually yeah. seen more live matches of Same, Del Potro's yeah. than his mum. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It, was, it, was, it wasn't the best way for him to go out, but. There wasn't really a good way for him to go out with with no. He's rather him dead. play that match and just retire in the press yeah. conference, you know. So at exactly. least it's one more time. It's the best we're gonna get, to be honest. Exactly. exactly. Mo- moving on to the final, I think. Mm-hmm. Schwartzman v Casper Rudd. Yes, Schwartzman. I think just ran out of gas in the end. Obviously, had that rain affected match, didn't he? They had to come back on the Saturday and finish the semi final. Mm-hmm. Had a few long matches during the week. I think his serve just broke down towards the end, which is not really surprising. It's not the strongest of serves anyway. When it yeah. breaks down, it's certainly a weakness that Rude could um, capitalise on. But I think Casper was a break-up in the first set, and he lost it, didn't he? So he, I don't know if he was a break-up. Was he not 4-2 up? No, 
No, I might have got that wrong, but I thought it wasn't. I, I thought it was... I don't think it was a breakout. I could be wrong. But yeah, I, either way, the, 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 most, the most exciting part of that first set for me was the set point he had. The 42-point 42 wrap. 42 yeah, 42. Shot, they said 42 shots, but it's actually 41. Because you can't have an odd, an even number of shots if the player that served won the rally. I'm, I don't want to get too statistical, yeah, but okay. yeah, yeah, still. Right. The 42nd shot was the one that Casper would hit out, which we wouldn't normally count as a shot. Still, right. that's... Okay. An absolute moot point. Well, like over forty <laughs> shots to cover. Yeah, yeah. Really That's probably the best way to cover it. There. Exactly. Yeah, that was a wee bit autistic of me. Sorry. Just uh, <laughs> okay. I, I was back in high school there. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. higher mass all over again. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, he won a long rally. It was, it was. It was really exciting, and obviously, you sort of ground it out and looked like it could be a really exciting match. The difference was made though for me when. So I thought Rude converted his 10th break point. That's why I think he didn't break. Oh, right. yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm pretty Watching sure. Highlights probably yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't break until the second set after like 10 break points. And when mm-hmm. that happened, he just, you know, you listen to shoulders a bit and the, the power, the heaviness of Casper Rude's ball is so yep. difficult to deal with. It's insane. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he just, he just, he was always going to win from that point playing like that. He just like, yeah. looked, he's so comfortable. So. He's such a good player. I love him. Just a bit more on how he dealt with the crowd. Yeah. He was very respectful. You know, he never shouted once. He kind of just got on with the job. Apparently, a 142 mile an hour ace at one point just to sort of yeah, silence the crowd. Uh, but no, miscalculation, no, I think. no way that was 142 miles an hour. Like, that's absolute bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though, yeah, the point is he just got on with the job when the crowd were at their craziest, you know, just kept going. Afterwards, yeah. But I was gonna say afterwards. Also, he didn't mention the crowd at all. You know, he was just like, "Thanks for the crowd for coming out. You were brilliant atmosphere and stuff." You know, didn't didn't yeah, mention it at all negatively. That, but it'll be interesting to see if he has to deal with that for like a longer period in his career, whether he'll be so calm about it. Because I think you can maybe deal with it in a one-off. I think if you get it every single time you play, then you're probably gonna find it difficult. But matches. I think, Gav, I think the more matches you have where you deal with a hostile atmosphere and don't react, the less likely you are to deal with hostile atmospheres in the future, if that makes Perhaps, sense. And people... Let's be honest here. I don't think I don't think he will have to deal with it throughout his career. Like Casper Rudd is never going to be the bad guy, really, is he? He's no, such a likeable guy. I think that's probably the difference. Like, if you know you're not the bad guy and it's not like almost premeditated stuff, it was. let's be honest, it's because he's playing up home favourite Argentinian. Yeah. I guess he's going to understand, but the crowd aren't going to be supporting me. I think when it comes to like Novak, it's probably because he's playing not in, I don't know, he's not like playing, maybe it's, he's playing Rafa in New York, but it's not in Spain. You know, you've maybe got a bit more understanding. I'm Djokovic just, just wins too much. He's too good. <laughs> too good. Yeah. yeah like, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's probably the easiest way to avoid the conflict. Yeah, he's, he's too good. That's exactly. Yeah. If, if Casper Rudd wins a respectable amount and isn't gratuitous with it, then I think that's you'll be fine. Very well put. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. keep winning those two fifties, Casper. Don't five clay court two fifties in a row that he's won. That he's it is. It is. It's bad. impressive. Absolutely, is impressive. You'll be winning a Masters very soon. In fact, one of the three Masters on clay this year. Potentially, or hundred percent potentially. Monte Carlo, heaviest ball in the tour, probably. So Monte Carlo, most likely. Monte Carlo, he could do, but then he did have success in Madrid, which is sort of different to other. I know, different, players, different. Different style, definitely, but still. Yeah, it depends what he plays. But I mean, even maybe Barcelona the five hundred before it as well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see Monte Carlo here and there. You've got the, you've got the early prediction and yeah, just for a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, we'll see though. That's not a bad shirt, actually. Yeah. Right, we'll move on on that. Move on. Audacious note to St. Petersburg. 
Yes. We're just. I think we're just talking about the final here because it was a pretty exceptional final. So plenty to get through. It was. Like, was Contivate. It three, what was it? Was it three hours twenty three minutes? Something like that. Was it as long as that? Yeah, that sounds Somewhere, about right. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, Annette Contevitz win over Maria Sakkari. For me, exceptionally good match for Sakkari, even though she did lose it in the end. I'll just sort of fill people in in case they weren't aware of the story of the match. Contevitz went up 5-2 in the first set, lost like six games in a row, just completely fell away. I've not seen her fall away that badly in a while, so it was pretty mm-hmm. out of blue. Kind of raised her level enough to hang in there. Eventually got the tie break in the second set, went down another break in the third. Sakkari served for the match. Lost it, lost four games in a row till he's seven five in the third. Pretty apart from that was pretty straightforward, yeah. Yeah, pretty straightforward besides that. Yeah. Obviously Contivate was on a nineteen match winning streak before the match indoors. So it was always gonna be a tough ask. Sakari, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do a full analysis of this on the website because it's actually a very exciting and interesting match to analyse. Given that Sakari Okay, she had a chance beforehand, but there was stuff she'd improved to her game that really made it much more difficult for Contivate to win points easily. The backhand in particular looking way, way, way better than it used to. She was attacking down the line. She doesn't tend to do that into Contivate's forehand. Obviously, Contivate's forehand is good, but if you rush it, a little bit vulnerable. Contivate able to adjust by using the backhand. Contivate's base level really just amazing. You know, She didn't play her best match because Sakura made her so uncomfortable, but she found a way because... Contivate is Contivate at the moment, and indoors she's got the confidence of anybody else, more confidence than anybody else into her, I think. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, very, very impressed with Contivate being able to come back. Um, Sakari, we've seen her, haven't we, last year in a couple of big matches where she sort of fell away a wee bit, but I think it was more, you're right, Contivate did have a really high base level of play, and, you know, Sakari, yeah. I think maybe the level slightly dropped, but... Um, no, yeah. that's been 20 matches in a row. I mean, I know WTA 2 we're talking about difficult to predict winners. Certainly not with her playing at the moment. It's like I know, yeah, and they had it about 50-50 before the match. Yeah, but, I mean, it ended up being about 50-50, to be fair. To it, it did, but, yeah. 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 Still, Great. oh my God. A few things to back up that point, Gav, because obviously, Sakri does get the name for being a little bit of a choker sometimes, maybe. Um, certainly a bit harsh, but yeah, it's just... Yeah, it totally is, but... Yeah. I, I'm here to kind of dispel that, as I'm just saying to other people do say that a little bit. Certainly on the, the, the home stretch, I mean, 15.30 on Contivate serve, something like that anyway. Second serve, ace basically, or unreturned serve from Contivate, I mean, literally right on the line. So mm-hmm. that was Contivate, you know, forehands right in the corner on Sakari's serve as well. Literally nothing she could do about it. Maybe the odd missed shot, but really it was Contivate just being bold and incredibly brave I don't really know how she was so assured of her game when it had been a little bit sketchy throughout the match but mm. that's the reason she's uh, number 8 odd in the world and I'm not so there you go <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. yeah super impressive um, yeah I don't even know why I almost drew that comparison that was disrespectful <laughs> no, that was very like, very like, <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you know I know, yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, summer, this summer something might just click. You might, yeah, yeah, exactly. Might be able to serve 140 mile an hour on returnables and just your level. Yeah, exactly. If I start making 10 percent more forehands, I'll probably make in the top 10, 100. percent Wow, I like that ambition. It's like the Scottish Patrick Moore toggle liking this. <laughs> Not only is my tennis career never going to take off, but I've probably now destroyed my analytical career with that one there. <laughs> With that one take. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love the match. So good. One of the best matches we've seen so in a while. It's a shame it clashed with the Rotterdam final, which people were saying yesterday. You had four yeah. finals yesterday. Both, you had the Rotterdam and St. Petersburg 
clashed with each other and Dallas and Buenos Aires. Yeah, I, I kind of had to jump between the two. And, um, Tennis basically... just doesn't do itself any favours with that regard. Why don't you just have like a morning final, afternoon final, and evening final? Almost the tournament should schedule the start time so people can watch. You know, I've, I've, I, okay, Rotterdam and um, St. Petersburg, maybe I can wait off the hook, but Buenos Aires and Dallas, like why would you have them at the same time? Exactly, exactly. Madness. And you've got the busiest week of tennis in the ATP tour this week, you know, like four tournaments. Four yeah. Tournaments, like. I, I suppose maybe you're most bothered about getting ticket sales rather than streaming, you maybe. Are, you are. It's the only thing I can think of. People, would you say that people would not go to a final on a Sunday if it was like two o'clock instead of 12 o'clock? Or? Yeah, exactly. I, I suppose. Don't know about that. I, yeah, you're probably right. Especially yeah. Greek tennis fans yesterday, do you choose to watch Sakari or do you choose to watch Six of Bass? It's like, yeah, yeah, I know exactly. Really good from that regard. I definitely agree with that. That's pretty much just a few things to mention. We won't get into them too much, but Dominic Team mm. had posted on Twitter and subsequently removed this post that he or his doctor had made a mistake in his wrist surgery, basically delaying his return to the tour. He has, mm. don't know if he's successfully sued his doctor, maybe he. Is, is ongoing, is I think. The process of doing it, probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's I why you're not seeing Team on Tour. Why is he put? Po- is that something for him to post on Twitter? Like, I don't no. know about that, really. That, I, I think, think that's what, I think that's a heart attack. Yeah, I think, I, think, <laughs> I think that's why he removed it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. these players, I mean, I know they're great tennis players, but not the smartest thing in the world to post. I know, like, I know. He's his bloody new Adidas tops that he's got, you know, the DT Adidas tops that he's got on. I, I know, I don't, and they must, they must have a whole team of, like, PR people behind them as well. Sure, yeah, there's no screening process, probably. Just just out, I guess, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, just madness, but hopefully yeah. returns to the tour. Of course. There's a vacuum like, in Team's wake, I think. Exactly. Yeah, he's like you know he he adds a bit of balance to the tour in my opinion. So I, I, we're really missing him. He I'm does, really yeah. No, he's fantastic to watch as well. Yeah, he really is. Another point as well. You were seeing Sinner is thinking about splitting with Ricardo yeah, Piatti. Yeah, sort of like there's this Twitter account called Yannick Sinner updates, which was mm-hmm. talking that they're going to have a meeting uh, yesterday, I think, and there was rumours that Magnus Norman might be taking over. Now, obviously, that doesn't happen. Don't know me to write about that, but. Mm-hmm. That was what was happening. There was a meeting yesterday. Okay. <coughs> Exclusive insider Twitter search knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the final point as well. The youngest player to win a title on the ITF World Tennis Tour mm-hmm. in six years, I think, last week, has yeah. now won another t- title in the same place. I think I've not got the name of the place down. I can't remember. In Argentina, anyway. Yeah. So she's won back-to-back titles at 14 years old. Brenda Fruvitova, Czech player. Look out for her name. I think it's through October. Pretty yeah. sure. We have yeah. one, do we have time for a final moment on Tony Nadal's Sarjan Djokovic more? Yeah, I was just going to say as well about Fruvatova. She has already beaten Sinyakova at the age. She beat her at 13 years old last year. Okay, it was an exhibition <laughs> match, but and she's beat Corneo on the tour as well. So not not too bad career projection there. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's 612 <laughs> in the world then. at 14. So what's Sponsor, that? We haven't the sponsors. <laughs> we having a field day. I know. Yeah, geez, oh. yeah. Russian to sign up, but uh, <clears throat> yes, Tony Nadal. I respect Uncle Tony a lot. I did think what he came out with this week was a wee bit, in the polite word of putting it, would be questionable. That Novak is number one now, but that would have been Rafa had he played more last year. I think Uncle Tony's probably had one. He's obviously been. T- well, he's probably been. Sp- yeah, he's been probably. speaking to Djokovic's dad too much, probably. That was just for me. Why has he come out with that? Like, you don't need to come out with that. You don't need to add fuel to the fire that is tennis Twitter. 
which is what it was of like a battleground for. I mean, I got into a few wee scuffles with Nadal fans that were saying, how dare you criticise Rafa when I said that Rafa hadn't beaten uh, Djokovic in a completed match at Wimbledon, which is true, he's not. You know, 2007 semi-finals, Djokovic retired. They said, oh, that was just ridiculous. Well, it's fact. You can look it up. It, it did happen. These people on Twitter that are, quite frankly, idiots. But, um, yeah, just... Tony needs to just keep his mouth shut, really, I think. Yeah, way. very uncharacteristic. So I'm going to... I'm going to look past because he's got a nice history. He's got a very clean history of not saying stupid stuff. So he does. I, and I've probably ruined the chances of him coming on this podcast now. But no, I absolutely. I'm, I'm willing to, be, to look past one. Tony, uh, the, Tony Nadal, we're willing to look past that one egregious error. That you can come onto the pod. If <laughs> yeah, yeah don't. exactly. Yeah, any Nadals, all the Nadals, they can come on the the, the podcast. I don't you mind should, what, which one it is. The invitation to all of Spain in a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, any Spanish tennis player. <laughs> exactly. Paddle <laughs> tennis included. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. god. Okay, yeah, let's let's, let's let's end it there before we start inviting the whole world in the pod, I think. Thanks guys for joining us on the 30th episode of the Big Three Yo. You can catch my work on jackedward.substack.com. You can catch Gav's work on Last on Tennis. Might be doing some predictions for Rio. Potentially, if I'm asked to do so, yeah, I'm pretty knackered after the Rotterdam stuff has to be said. Yeah, well, we'll see, we'll see. We'll see. I'm more than willing to do it if it comes up, we'll see it. If not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't hold me to this, but we hopefully will be having a guest on the podcast next time. Marcella Linares. Oh, you've been doing the pronunciation. She is going to be on site at Rio the whole week, so she'll have loads to say. Join us for that. Thanks very much for listening this far through, guys. It's been the Online Tennis Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Cheers. Catch you next time. Cheers.